Welcome to Author Imprint, the podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Orton. On this show, we tell the story behind the story. We ask writers how they transform an idea to a finished book and how they stay organized and inspired. Here on the podcast, we like to say we keep it laser focused on literature. So today I'm here with Steve Berry, a best-selling novelist whose books have sold 22 million copies in 51 countries. His latest is The Lost Order, which tells the story of a mysterious fraternal order and a team of investigators to find treasure that was buried for over a century. Thanks for being here, Steve. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book? Well, as you just said, it deals with a treasure that's real. It existed. The Knights of the Golden Circle was the largest, most dangerous clandestine organization in American history. And it fascinated me. So I wove a modern-day thriller around them. And it deals with the uh, the Knights of the Golden Circle's treasure, which has been buried all across the South. So I decided my hero, Cotton Malone, would go find it. Now, your books are focused on uh, moments in history. What got you into history originally? Michener, James Michener. He's my favorite writer of all time. And when I read Hawaii when I was 16. I was hooked. And I have a collection of all of his books. I have a first edition of a collection of his books. And so... Um, that was probably where it, where it hooked in. But I always liked action, history, secrets, conspiracies, uh, those kinds of things. Those were the things that I always liked to read. And so when I started writing, I gravitated to that. I say all the time, do not under any circumstance write what you know. Hmm. That's a very bad advice. Uh, instead, you write what you love. Hmm. And if what you know and what you love are the same thing, great. But for me, it wasn't. I was a lawyer, and I and I knew that, but I didn't want to write about it. But I loved action, history, secrets, conspiracies. So I love this, too. I will, in my spare time, sort of go into, like, black holes of, of researching interesting moments of history. Hmm. How much um, time do you spend researching a period of time or a specific thing that happened for each of these books as opposed to the time that you spend writing? Oh, I say all the time. A, a writer spends 90% of their time thinking about what to write and 10% of their time actually writing it. And if a writer doesn't believe that, then they need to take an inventory for a couple of weeks and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> you do spend far more time thinking about what to write than you do actually doing it. And in my case, I use around three to 400 sources to write a novel. Three to four hundred sources for each book. Now, I don't read three to four hundred books, but I read large chunks of three to four hundred books. Now, I'm only going to use about 10% of that. My books deal with something real, and I keep the history in my books real. I only trip it up where I absolutely have to, and uh, that requires a lot of work. It's an 18 month process from the Hmm. time I start to the time I finish. And you put a little addendum at the end of each mm-hmm. of your books, uh, pointing out where you, as you say, trip up history and and uh, separating that from what really happened. Why is that important to you? It's very important because people are getting their history from novels like mine, which is not a good idea because I'm not a historian. <laughs> My job is to entertain you. But I felt like it was necessary that if I if I was going to do this, that I should tell the reader what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is 90% of it's right, so you get shocked in the writer's note. You think something's made up, and it's not. So mm-hmm. I'm very careful, but I tell the readers all the time, do not read the writer's note first. It will give away the entire book, and you will be completely disappointed. But when you're done, then read it. It will fill in the gaps. And you also started a foundation um, for historical preservation. Why was that important to you? Well, it was time to give back a little bit. I mean, we've done very well. I mean, you know, 22 million books in 50 countries, it's 
I mean, you have to pinch yourself. You know, you, <laughs> only in America can that happen. So we've, uh, we go around the country and we help raise money for historic preservation. We've done about 90 projects and we've raised a little over about $1.2 million wow. for various projects. We were just in Texas. We just did one the other night and raised about $80,000 for the San Jacinto Museum there. And, you know, on this podcast, we often talk about why literature is important to you, but why is history important to you? Because it matters. I mean, it, it, it does. Where we came from is critical to where we are and where we're going. You can't forget where we came from. You can't erase that. Every attempt by man to erase his past has turned out very bad. So history matters, and so it has to be preserved. And the one thing you've got to realize is no one's going to preserve your history for you. You mm. have to do it yourself. published 17 books you're writing a new book you just released a book do you burn out ever you run out of ideas you you don't burn out but it is getting harder the longer you write the harder it gets because when you first start off your imagination bank is all full my bank's kind of not not quite like that there's been a lot of withdrawals and the imagination bank's getting you know a little strained it needs some deposits and those come from traveling and other things that there's not time for. So it becomes more problematic, yes, mm. uh, as it goes on. But I'm a commercial fiction writer. My job is to turn a product out every year, and, and I want to tra- you know, put a product out that I'm proud of and, sure. and that I can put my name on and say, I like that. Um, a writer, when you're asked a question, what's your favorite book? The answer to that should be the same for every writer in the world, the one I just finished. Hmm, I like that. And that's not being cocky. It's just saying that that should be the one that has your best craft and everything you know and everything you've learned to that point, you've incorporated and done it. I, I always amaze when I ask writers and they say, well, the book I wrote three years ago is really great. <laughs> well, what about, what have you done the last three years then? I mean, what is it? Right. You know, it's the one you've just finished. It always should be that way. And that's the way I'd like to, the, I like, like for it to be. end this uh, podcast by asking you a handful of lightning round questions that we're calling our short stories. So keep it short, Steve Barry, but I think you've got this. I can do it. (laughs) Okay, so question one, what book made you a reader? Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys, yeah. Not one in particular, just all of them. Yeah, sure. Yes. Two, how do you write best? I go in my office every morning about 6.30 or 7 o'clock, and I sit down and I write. I, I was a lawyer. I had, to, I had to write before I worked every day from 6.30 to 9. Now I can work to about 11 or 12. But uh, I, I go in there and I sit down. It's a, it's a discipline. I have to do it. Three, what did you do when you found out you were being published for the first time? It was a bit anticlimactic in some respects. Uh, it was 12 years from the day I wrote my first word to the day I sold my first word. I wrote eight manuscripts, five went to New York houses, they were rejected 85 times. I made it the 86th time, 12 years after I started. And a fax had come saying that uh, Random House had bought the Amber Room, mm. which was submitted the second time around. It was it was an amazing moment, actually. I went out and had a, a Baltic lobster celebrate <laughs> uh, that was there. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Absolutely. It's the simplest advice of all. Write. There's only one way to learn the craft of writing, and that's to do it. There is no other way to learn. You can go to all the conferences, you can do all the things in the world, and those are wonderful, but you have to sit down every day, and you have to write, and you have to listen to that little voice in your head. And five, what are you reading now? Some histories dealing with the 2019 novel that deal with uh, Malta. 
So I've been reading a lot of Maltese history. Oh, that's fun. And what is the latest book that you have out? The Bishop's Pawn. It uh, deals with the, uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King. It's an interesting uh, event in our history that a lot of people know very little about. Hmm. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Next time on Author Imprint, the podcast, Meg Wallitzer. Nuance is something that the novel can really traffic in, and I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm grateful that I don't have a thousand words, but, you know, like a hundred times that, which is, which is terrific. A New York Times bestselling author whose latest novel, The Female Persuasion, is out now. Let us know which authors you'd like to hear from and what you're reading. Follow me on Twitter at Maddie Orton. That's at M-A-D-D-I-E-O-R-T-O-N for the latest. And join the conversation by using hashtag author imprint. Thanks for listening.